Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. And boy, after that just dreadful, boring fucking Tampa Bay game, like that made me think I'm wasting my life dedicating two and a half hours to this team. Uh, not just because they lost, but because of how goddamn boring that game was. They come back and give us this one. Uh, just a, a hell of a second half by the Flyers. Of course, they win 6-5 in overtime. Um, I'm trying to what, – what, in what order were the goals scored here? Uh, yes, uh, that, was, that was just incredible. Yeah, so Boston goes up 2-0. Uh, you know, they get, uh, they get one in the first four minutes. Uh, Krejci makes it 2-0 with a power play goal. Uh, with like less than four minutes left in the period, Kevin Hayes gets him a late one to keep him in it. That uh, that power play goal there, that was a big one uh, on that double minor first half of the double minor. But then Pasternak right away in the second to me, it's like all right, you know, Flyers score late, make it two to one, cool. Pasternak comes out, gets one right in the beginning of the second to make it three one. It's like all right, maybe this isn't. Uh, Maybe this isn't their night. Maybe things are just going to go the other way. We know how good Boston is. But then Sandheim gets his first to make it 3-2. Uh, Coyle, not too long later, makes it 4-2. And then 5-2 on Krejci. And then it's all Flyers from there. Uh, second half of the game was really Flyers, Flyers, Flyers. Couturier makes it 5-3. Bunneman, uh, about a minute and a half later, makes it 5-4. Sandheim ties it up. 13 minutes into the third, and then they go on to win it in the shootout. Had a bunch of chances in overtime. That was another fun three-on-three, but it's crazy. What is this team? What the hell is this team? I don't know. I do know that's another home win. That's uh, 10 games that have gone to shootouts for the Flyers this year, and they've won five of them. Listen, 500 isn't anything to, to sneeze at, I guess is the phrase, when this team is historically what it is in the shootout. Talk about Travis Sandheim for a second, because this is something I had to look up, because it feels like he has an odd number of two-goal games, considering just how many goals he has in his career. And I looked it up, and tonight he scored goals number 17 and 18 in his career. It's his fourth two-goal game. He's got two last year, and he's already got two this year. That's like 44% of his goals have come in two-goal games. Just kind of crazy. Anyway, I don't really know how to feel about this team overall right now, but I do know I feel great about this game. Uh, Carter Hart, not the best start, but really got hung out to dry defensively uh, in the first half of this game and then really stepped it up, made a ton of saves in the shootout. And what better way for the shootout to end than in um, Brad Marchand embarrassing himself? That's great. So let's get to your stuff. I don't really I'm, – I'm having – his name is pronounced <laughs> Marshand. That's good. That's actually a really good one there, Max. All right, yeah, let's get to your stuff because I'm I'm having trouble balancing what I feel about this team overall, the first half of this game, the second. I'm not sure, so I'm going to develop my takes as we go here and get to your stuff. All right, uh, so, yeah, Marshand for the win. Everyone just laughing at Brad Marshand. Uh, stop talking, Bill, and show Marshand's shootout attempt for the entire postgame show. I wish I could and stay on the air. Just bring it up on my phone and let you guys watch, and we just commentate and come up with, like, um, internet show style. I can't remember. I know Ridiculousness is the one. It's not even the one I watched, but what the hell? Tosh.0. Uh, all those shows where you just come up with captions. That's what we could do today. Just come up with Marshan captions. 
how can a bad game feel so good? Marshan flubbing the shootout was the cherry on top. Hey, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. Do you want to give up five? I can't believe I just said, like, such a shitty cliche. It's not about how you start, it's how you finish. But it is true. Did they fall behind five to two? They absolutely did. But at the end of the day, they get two points. Now, you'd like to keep another Eastern Conference team out of it, but they're not a division team, and that's their... I think Boston is now 0 for 7 in shootouts, and that is their 12th loss beyond regulation. So when you look at the standings, you see Boston all the way at the top there. They're doing great. Have a big point total. Boston's and Philly's win totals aren't all that different. They have a ton of loser points. They really do. So it's not like... They've beaten Boston twice. You know, they have beaten Boston twice this year, both in a shootout. Uh, I think they said they've won four in a row against Boston for the first time ever. That's freaking incredible. Um, Yeah, that's wild. So, uh, just, I'm feeling good about the trajectory of this team. The inconsistency is an issue, and we're seeing a lot of it lately. I will say, and it's not just the young guys, because, listen, I think Giroux could be giving them a lot more. JVR obviously could be giving them a lot more. There are veteran players on this team that could be producing, but overall, this is a young team. And this is just something that kept coming up in my Twitter mentions today, so I figure I'll bring it here. This This is overall a pretty young team. What is like the number one thing we constantly hear about, um, about young players, just when a coach has a complaint about a young player, it's always, oh, he does this well, he does this well, he, he looked great doing this tonight. He just needs to find that consistency in his game. This is a team searching for that consistency right now. Obviously, the 21-year-old goaltender searching that, for that consistency. You have a couple of veteran defensemen out of the lineup right now. Not like Ghost has been anything special, but now you're asking other young guys to step up. It's going to be a balancing act of looking at their highs and looking at their lows and realizing that this team isn't a complete thing yet, but they are showing some pretty encouraging signs if they can really make the most of when they are playing very well. Uh, one of the biggest wins of the year, this two points is huge. They really needed it. The, the way this game was going, and then you look at, you always look at the season in bunches and streaks and trends, and you just go, all right, you know, they won that. They, they won the, um, the Washington game, and that was huge. What happens next? Well, did they play with Tampa? They didn't get killed by Tampa. So, all right, they lose in regulation, which is not something they do at home very often. Tampa's awesome. It was a one nothing game, and it was the most boring freaking game ever played. Let's see what they do next. Did they play with Tampa, or were they lucky to be in it with Tampa? And then they're getting beaten up pretty good in the first half of that game uh, by Boston, and you go, oh, all right. So it's not they played with Tampa. They were lucky to be in it. And then you see how this one goes, and you just say, well, all right. (laughs) Well, all right. They've now played totally even with Washington and totally even with Boston a couple of times. I'll take it. I will take that. It's not about moral victories right now, but tonight you got the two points, so it's not about a moral victory. But looking at what the team is overall, they haven't just, all right, they raised their game for this one game. No. They have, against top-end competition, played close to even for a lot of this year. So I think that's something positive to take away. Uh, Raffle and Jake wearing down their opposing line as the game goes on. They're both strong on the puck again. Yeah, um, we know those two have chemistry. They've played together for, you know, uh, for stints uh, over the years now, multiple times. So they have good chemistry. And the 
the combination of skill guy, right winger with Couturier, and then I, I realize Raffle is not Limblom. Listen, you don't have to tell me uh, how he isn't. But stylistically, when you're putting together what that line could be, Raffle kind of fits the bill of, uh, okay, we have a, I, I don't even want to call him a two-way player because it's not like he's all that great offensively. But he does bring aspects of being able to win battles, being able to play a good two-way, good defensive hockey. And by defense, I don't mean sitting back and hoping to get blocked with a shot on the wing. It's like, he's great at taking the puck away. He's great at getting in on the forecheck, creating other opportunities. And we've seen him be able to get to the net at different points in his career. Stylistically, if you're looking to go with the closest thing to Lindblom to play with Couturier. Uh, I've said it a million times. I don't like uh, Raffle up in anything but a fourth liner, but at this point with the injuries and all the different issues they've had offensively, they're going to go with it, and it seems to be working, especially when they have a matchup like tonight where you need Couturier and another guy who can potentially play that shutdown style game. Um, against an excellent top line like Boston has. So hats off to, to Raffle and, and Jake, because Jake has to go out there and play against uh, Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand as well. It's, you know, he has to do it too. And he's he's really stepped up his game in the last couple of weeks. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Jake overall. Uh, Hart would have had a Hart would have had a better start. Uh, he's good in a shootout. Uh, think Hart would have had a better start since he's good in the shootout and we didn't play much D. Yeah, no, uh, he really got hung out to John. I'm not like, oh, man, there's five goals all on Carter Hart. Even that first one, um, he way overcommitted and then just didn't seem like he could push or get going uh, as the uh, – who the hell scored the first one? I, I know I went through the box score already. Uh, Bjork. So, yeah, he cut back in and Hart just couldn't seem to get over, push, whatever – and was stuck on that post, and he dipsy-dude right around him. That wasn't great by Hart, obviously. But even that one, Hart's taking away the only spot where he thinks Bjork can get to. And the defenseman, by any means necessary, can't allow the, the puck carrier to get back to the middle of the ice. That's the thing. He's got him to the outside. Keep him out there. And Hart's taking away everything he can hit by being up against the post. There's nothing going to happen. The defender's job there is to not let him come back inside. And what happened? He cut back inside and scored a goal. Again, Hart needs to play it a lot better, but even that one, you can look at a defensive fault, and there were a lot of turnovers, a lot of just unchecked players in, in scoring position tonight. The first half of this game, the team defense was, again, atrocious. But they got it together uh, as the game went on, and I want to see... The shot total is not going to tell me everything. But, yeah, even with the second period starting in favor of Boston, uh, they only ended up with, what, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 shots on goal in the final 40 minutes of this game did Boston, while the Flyers had uh, 15 in the second and eight more in the third. So they really did control the game uh, for the second half. I did. This didn't seem to me like a game where – Boston um, got out to a big lead and then kind of took their foot off the gas. It just seemed like the Flyers started to impose their will and execute their game plan and suddenly scored a bunch of goals. That uh, How ridiculous were a couple of those Halak saves? The, um, the Provorov one 
in overtime. Provorov didn't have as much room on the uh, on the one angle as it looked like from the from the typical camera angle, and really just couldn't lift it. But Halak was there to make the save, regardless of uh, the circumstance. And then that damn Giroux, <laughs> that damn Giroux shootout attempt was freaking awesome. Uh, it might have gone all the way across uh, off the post and just out the other side. But it is freaking ridiculous that he was able to get his glove on it and direct it away from possibly being able to find the other post and drop in. So that was just incredible, too. A lot, for a couple of goalies who each gave up five goals, I can't say this was a poorly goaltended game. Ten, you know, with the shootout, I mean, how many shooters didn't score in this thing? So uh, it ten total goals plus a sh- one shootout goal allowed, and I can't say either goalie was bad, you know? Uh, the shootout couldn't happen to a bigger a-hole than Marchand. Yeah, that's that would have been, yeah. Uh, I'm glad the Flyers overcame tonight's adversity. This was a hard-fought win by, uh, win all won by the kids. The comeback kids should be a huge confidence boost. I agree. I hope, um, like, Bunneman decides, uh, you know what? This was the boost I needed. Sanheim, a couple of goals. Um, for the most part, I've been disappointed in Sanheim this year. Just because he was so freaking good last year, I really was hoping he'd pick up where he left off. Been mostly disappointed in Sandheim this year, but liked what I saw a lot of tonight. Had one really bad turnover, um, but other than that, you know, the two goals, and I just thought he made a ton of plays and was kind of looked like Travis Sandheim using his size and his speed to just uh, be all over the ice, seemingly affect play whenever he was out there. So uh, hopefully Sandheim can build on this. And with Braun and Ghost out, no time like the present for a defenseman to start stepping up. All jokes aside, they got to stop with the two to three goal first periods. No, it's it's an issue that they come out and forget either, you know, their goalie isn't, I don't know, awake yet, or the entire team just forgets that when the puck is in the defensive zone, they have to, like, be in front of, like, it has to be in front of them. Like, it just seemed so much tonight. You'd, you'd look at, you'd just look up and go, how come there are three flyers with their backs turned? Like It's a very simple tenant of defense to be between the net and the puck or the net and your man, and they were just like out for a stroll defensively tonight so many times. Friedman's goal or Bunneman's? Uh, from one angle, it looked like it hit Bunneman. From other angles, it didn't. I have no freaking idea. I think it's Bunneman's goal. Um, it kind of looked like it kicked off of him from one angle. Um, I'll say it's Bunneman's. Didn't give up. Kept pressing. We got this shit. Yeah, and there was a lot of unrest on Flyers Twitter tonight. It was uh, it was fun to see all the people panicking and all the takes forming as it looked like maybe this one would get out of hand. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, we got two points, and the only story of tonight is Marchand made a fool of himself in the shootout. Like, all the other stuff goes away. It was funny to me. I like, I like watching that. Uh... I trust Hart and OT compared to past goalies. I trust Hart every. I trust Hart driving my car. I trust Hart to get the shit I like at the grocery store. Like, I, not just OT or shootout. I trust Hart in every situation imaginable compared to every other goalie. TK is a badass. Oh, and that's. I love they show the one for 10 and shootout because that's always the thing I get ready for is how come TK didn't go? Because look at his numbers. He's one for 10 in the shootout. But then, of course, he gets it. And it's like, oh, well, maybe he's good at it now. So uh, maybe he's earned himself a few more opportunities, I'd say. He's 
become quite adept at beating goaltenders in a number of ways, even as off the shot as much as he has. Um, for a guy a year or two into the league where I was seriously asking, does he have an NHL shot? Because it just seemed like he was firing so many muffins, just like little, little shots, like just lollipops, man, that just weren't threatening goalies at all. And he has really turned it on the last couple of years, especially the last you know 18 months, year, season and a half, whatever you want to call it, um, just has been uh, much different in his ability to beat goalies off the shot than he was. Uh, with Patrick and Limblom out for the foreseeable future and Frost and Faraby looking underwhelming, sad to say the future of this team isn't looking great. My God, Justin, imagine being that boring and depressed and sad. Oh, I'd hate to, like, know you. That sounds terrible. Oh, Farabee and Frost are 20 years old and they don't look great. Things are bad. Oh, my God. My God, grow up. They're fine, dude. The future doesn't look bright. Like, they look good. The team looks good right now. They have a 21-year-old stud goaltender. My God. The things I want to say to you right now, I'm not allowed to, so I'm moving on. What, what did I yeah, stay on this page? I almost exited out. Uh, the bad starts and uh, that's I just want to yeah, the bad starts and all that. I don't get it either. It's it's very odd, but I w- because uh, it, it, I want to explain it one way, but it's also like they've done this in the past too, so I don't want to fully put it on this. But looking at this team from a different lens because it is a very different team roster construction-wise, from teams of the past. So putting out other seasons, slow starting games, the way I'll try to explain it to myself um, is it just takes a little while to get that run game going. That's what that's what the dump and chase and the heavy four check is. Um, it's like running the ball in the first quarter. It wasn't about the three yards we just got. It's about the accumulation of hits in the fourth quarter when we can bust a long run. Uh, and that's what I I think that's why the the four check and the offense simul you know go hand in hand. Obviously, that's our offensive strategy: getting on the four check, create turnovers, and go from there. It seems like it does take them a little while to get it going, but that doesn't explain the complete. Like, all right, you're not generating much offense to start games. Okay, we can live with that. The wild defensive lapses that allow two guys to be completely unmarked inside the hash marks, like, that just can't be. Whether you're generating offense or not, you have to know what your assignment is defensively. That's just, you just do. It can't continue to to just be, oh, yeah, well, there were two guys in the slot and one of them found the loose puck, so goal (laughs) if the puck like you know the puck comes off the backboards out into the slot and there's only an opponent standing there and before you even look you you just go goal in your head it's it's already in you don't even have to see the shot like they have to stop that even if they can't get the offense going early they have to figure out how to not have those mind-numbing mind-numbing defensive lapses I trust heart with my open heart surgery. <laughs> Cinnamon Bunnaman. Cinnamon Man. Yeah, I'm down with it. Bunny boot more lethal than Vorobiev's stick. Yeah, watching Vorobiev was a real chore. I'll, I'll take Bunnaman over Vorobiev any day. Just for his name. If for nothing else, fun name. <laughs> I trust heart, unlike Agalor. <laughs> That's good. That's good. 
Hart's ability to bounce back strong after some lackluster play in the same game is unbelievable for such a young goalie. And that's part of what makes him so special is we've heard since they drafted him how he's mature beyond his years and how he just has that short uh, short memory mentality where he doesn't just let things kill him. Now, he'll have off nights where he's just bad. We've seen it. We've seen it with every goalie. But things don't seem to bother him. Uh, it's not like he gives up a third or a fourth goal or even a fifth goal and you go, shit, got to get him out of there. Like I trusted him to hold uh, to hold on to the game from from the point it was. If they just got something going, I trusted that there weren't going to be more than five goals scored against him. And uh, it seems like the coach had the same feeling or at least felt as if putting Brian Elliott in the game uh, wouldn't have improved their chances, and obviously I agree with that as well. Do you think the window is slowly shutting on the Flyers' veterans? Is it now or never? No. No. They're just going to be veterans on a good team. Like, you're going to need veterans too, you know? I believe Fletcher is giving a Patrick update tomorrow. He definitely has availability. All right, that'd be nice. Would love to hear something positive about Nolan Patrick. But at this point, I just want to hear anything because right now in my head, Nolan Patrick's not playing this year. I have no idea if he is or isn't, but why would I think he's going to play? That's, that's, you know, maybe we'll find out tomorrow. He's good to go. Doesn't even need a conditioning stint. Boom, in the lineup. It's yours, kid. And he'll be the 3C we've been begging for, and suddenly our depth problems aren't nearly as bad because here's Nolan Patrick. Um, however... <laughs> If I had to guess, it would be some like the the best news we could possibly hear is like we're gonna give it another week, and then if things continue to trend the way they're going, a week from now or two weeks from now, he'll start a conditioning stint with the Phantoms. That's my guess, or that's my hope for positive news. Um, things are trending in the right direction bunch of good days, bunch of, you know, all good signs, whatever they're doing to test him. And um, we're going to move slowly. We're going to reevaluate in a week or two. And if things are still trending in this direction, boom, here you go. Conditioning stint with the Phantoms. And then um, figure out where he fits in the lineup, you know. But I'm not positive about Nolan Patrick's uh, uh, status for this season. I find Hart gets better as the game goes along. Yeah, a lot of goalies need to play themselves into the game. Um, I will say I've seen that from him in the past. Tonight, I do believe, was a complete failure of defense in front of him. Could he have made some of the saves? Did he almost make some of the saves? He did. Um, But it's really hard to play goalie when the guys in front of you are giving you nothing like they did for a lot of the first half of the game tonight. I trust Hart shooting a three-pointer for the Sixers more than I trust Ben Simmons. Well, yeah, I trust a lampshade to shoot better than Ben Simmons. AV seems to know the buttons to push. He does. Uh, This is a good comeback win. Team didn't, team didn't fold and he didn't, um, he didn't panic by pulling Hart. He, He left it in there. Would like to know what the message was in between periods. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of quotes coming out of uh, coming out of the locker room that you can read on Broad Street Hockey uh, tomorrow morning. So we'll know a lot more about the uh, the message in the locker room going into the third period and all that. But I I've been overall pretty happy with the job Av has done so far this year. 
Um, pretty, pretty happy with it. Is it me or do we play better without Ghost? I mean, I Ghost hasn't been good this year, but like they played a bunch of really good games with him in the lineup too. So I, 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 I doubt it. <laughs> like you know, um, there may be some matchup things you can do differently without him. Uh, but it's not like we haven't seen them play awesome games with Shane Gosper in the lineup this year. They did just give up five goals in like 30 minutes. So I, I'm not like, oh man, this team Stanley Cup contender because Ghost is gone. Listen, um, I've lost my patience with Shane Gostisbehere finally. But like, no, I don't think they're just playing better because he's not there. They, they scored zero goals last game. Haig had some horrendous turnovers. Yeah, Haig's not going to do much with the puck. Um, I said, you know, Saturday, I didn't love Haig's game, but overall I thought he'd been fine as, as a six and think this is an opportunity for him to prove he can take on Justin Braun's role next year. Um, but I, eh, he just, I just don't think he's very good. You know, I think overall he has been okay this year, especially considering what my expectations were for him coming into this season. He has beaten those expectations. But I just don't trust him to, like, make a good play. I will say I liked uh, – he made a big hit early. And I've often criticized, oh, man, he leads the league in hits. It's like, have you ever seen any of them? How many of these hits that he leads the league in, like – lay somebody out or a momentum change. Like these seem like every time he bumps into somebody, someone's checking hit next to his name. Uh, but I will say given his limited abilities uh, for a team that was getting beaten up on pretty good to start the game. Um, one of the few things he can do is throw a hit and he used one of his few abilities to try to change the momentum of the game. Now it was a little later on that things started to get going on, but I like him going – there aren't many – it's not like he's going to make an amazing outlet pass or something like that to, to help his team win. He's, he's got to get dirty and do, you know, block shots and do stuff like – excuse me – and do stuff like that. But uh, I, I liked what I saw there tonight. But, like, his overall game was unimpressive, I'd say. But that's – Robert Haig is an unimpressive hockey player uh, by NHL standards. You know, he's – He'll never be more than, oh, yeah, he's a nice little sixth defenseman. Like, that's that's his ceiling. Uh, can he do that very effectively? Time will tell. I don't think so, but I've been wrong plenty of times in my life. I don't mind Coots with Jake and Raffle, but is Hayes the right fit for G and TK? I think so, because he's, he's, one, a, an effective center who's good at winning defensive battles and... Um, controlling the puck in the offensive zone. Are he and G a little similar? I think so, but um, he does have the ability to make plays. He either goes to the net or dis dishes off of his handle, and I think that's big because um, he, I, TK, I think, fits with everybody at this point in his career. He seems adaptive. He seems like he can play a number of different styles. Um, Giroux, man, I love Claude Giroux, but I will like. I feel like he's lost control of the puck more times in the last five games 
then I remember seeing him lose control of the puck his entire freaking career. Like, I don't know. But uh, do I think they're a good fit? I think they need to build more chemistry with each other. Absolutely. Um, but stylistically, I can see it working. I can see plenty of instances where TK, uh, you know, makes that little short side pass behind the net and either guy is there to clean it up and, and put it in. I can see uh, Hayes coming off. And that's the other thing. You always have to, Drew, uh, with another center out there, you always have to make sure that center is comfortable playing, playing a lot on the right side because Drew is now, even though he's, you know, a winger, he's got that center's mentality, but he's going to control that left side and try to be stationary there and control the puck. So you want to have a guy like Hayes who's comfortable coming off the right side. And so far, I, I think we've seen he's pretty uh, pretty comfortable doing that. And there's always the possibility for him to, you know, like come off the half boards, go to the net, defender comes towards him, and then he can dish to Drew for a one-timer. So absolutely, I think uh, they need to build chemistry. But I do think that line could work. Any games we get from Patrick this season are a bonus in my mind. Yeah, I would love to see the guy back. I, he's not played a lot of hockey in his career. I would love to see him get more reps, get more games, get more experience, start to get going the way he was supposed to get going uh, when, when he was drafted. But I'm just not optimistic about this season. Does Hart get credit for a shootout save versus Marshan? That was awesome. I don't know how shootout scoring works. That's a good question. Because um, in the box score, they differentiate between saved and missed. Uh, so I guess, I, I don't know. I have no idea how it works. Uh, Friedman's showing he can be an okay 7D man. When healthy, I can see a minor move. Haig for depth forward. Example, Haig for pending free agent. Tyler Ennis. I don't know why anyone would trade for Robert Haig. I don't think Robert Haig has any value whatsoever. So is the home road split a sign of how crucial uh, the last change is? Uh, that's something we've we've been discussing. We're going to record a show tomorrow, and we're going to talk more and more about it because it's a thing. Uh, whether you want to say it's a fluke or whatever, I'm sure Charlie will have thoughts. He wasn't on the last show. Um, his analytical statistical mind can maybe tell us one thing, um, but... It's a real thing happening to this team right now. They are excellent at home and bad on the road, so we'll get into it tomorrow. Uh, I've brought up last change. I mentioned it on the last BSH radio. I mentioned it on WIP with Jody McDonald last time he had me on. It's a thought. I can't. There are only so many things that are different between playing at home and playing on the road, like tangible, okay, this is the difference. Like, I, it. It must be like I just maybe it shows how important Sean Couturier is. That's that's what um that's what I'll uh, I'm pointing to on this one is um even if it's just a couple of shifts a game, three four opportunities maybe in a sixty minute game, um to get a different matchup for Coots. Like you know you, you want him out there against the top line every single time, absolutely, but. Then all of a sudden you have a little offensive zone draw. You need a goal. You you get him out there against the third line, and that's the that's the tipping point. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, but um, last change is as good a guess as, as any. What about getting Lavi back in some capacity? I I where where is there room for Peter Laviolette on the coaching staff? I'm not against it. 
I'm not saying it's like a bad idea or a dumb idea or anything. Sure, if Peter Laviolette wants to come in and be some on the bench consultant, like I don't where at a certain point you have too many cooks in the kitchen, no? Like this is the team he used to coach. He is a head coach. I if he was all for it, uh, sure, why not have one more guy who's, you know, a guy who's won a cup on a bench, been to a few, knows what he's doing, is a good coach. Yeah, why not? Uh, I just, I don't know what the, I don't know if there's a fit. I can't. People talking about plus minus, I swear they must, people come in here to talk about plus minus must just absolutely be trolls. Do they look to move Ghost after the way Friedman has stepped up? <laughs> Listen. I'm happy Friedman is in the NHL. I think he played a pretty good game tonight. Um, I want to see him get all the opportunity in the world. This is an awesome chance for him to prove himself. But if they weren't looking to trade Ghost, I don't know if they were or weren't. I'm sure there are calls. I'm sure constantly calls are being made about the guy uh, because he's on a manageable contract and he has a skill set from the outside another team would like. But just on the idea of because of what Friedman has showed. Like, they didn't want to, and then they watched Friedman and went, oh, yes. What has Friedman shown you that you're like, yup, he's the guy. Trade Ghost. Like, I'm not saying Ghost is any good. I'm not saying Friedman is bad. I'm just saying I haven't seen nearly enough out of Friedman to say, yes, this will. This guy is the reason I'm going to make changes. 100%. Like, he, he looks like a nice little player out there. He's not getting killed, it doesn't look like. He, he might have a future in this league even, but I'm not ready to start making wholesale roster changes because Mark Friedman hasn't pissed all over himself yet. Do they move a hurt player that is in a down year for anything? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, Ghost is hurt, you know, and he's not playing well. Uh, you want that $4.5 million? Absolutely. But in my mind, the only thing you could really get for Ghost, uh, there are two options, and I may have talked about this last show. I'm sorry if I did. But the options to me, if you're going to trade Ghost, are futures, which this team doesn't need, um, but then you use them to maybe get something else because you cleared his cap hit. Okay, whatever. Or another reclamation project, perhaps a forward who isn't scoring that should be scoring who makes similar money to Ghost. You have a guy who basically needs a change of scenery like maybe Ghost does. It's basically forward Ghost. That's the uh, that's what I would expect back for in a Shane Goss's bear trade right now. And sometimes those things really do work out. Plenty of reclamation projects. If it never worked, teams would stop doing it. The whole change of scenery thing. Um, so, uh, but that's that's what I think your options are with, with Ghost at this point. Uh, agree with your comment about Sanheim. He seemed better and more confident last year, but looks like he might be turning the corner. Like him better on power play number one over Provorov. Yeah, and we talked about this on Saturday. Uh, Skill set wise, yeah, I think Sanheim would be a better fit than Provorov on power play one. It's not like Provorov hasn't been productive on the power play this year, and he came into this year being really, really unproductive, uh, having been really unproductive on the power play for uh, the first few seasons of his career. So I was not. Uh, all that high on him getting that power play spot, but does he mishandle the puck sometimes? Is he like the dynamic playmaker you'd think you'd want uh, up at the top of the point there? He's not, but he's six or seven power play goals this year. He's got as many power. Last I checked, and it's been like a week, uh, but as of last week, he was leading the entire league in power play goals by a defenseman. Um, 
And again, I'm, put Sanheim up there, absolutely, sure, why not? But the thing I've heard from uh, coaches in the past is they like to look at power play time as a reward for everything else because you're going to put up points on the power play. It's just a good place to pick up your points. That's The power play not producing is why so many of the point t- totals on this team are low. So if San the, Anyway, you're going to put up points on the power play. It's like a reward. Coaches use power play time as a reward for their players. Who deserves a reward on this fucking team more than Ivan Provorov? More opportunities to put up points since he's usually checking the best uh, opponents out there in every situation, doing everything every night. So it's kind of like, hey, we put our best guy out there, maybe not our best fit uh, for this specific situation. Now... If Sanheim continues to play the way he's been playing, then you absolutely have a case to be made that, all right, is he Provorov? No. But is he the best for the job? 100%. Uh, I would love to see Sanheim earn that role on power play number one. And I do think he might be turning a corner right now, so it could just be a matter of time before he earns that power play time. Would be nice to see. Uh, the Coots factor is just unreal. Raffle, Raffle probably had his best game of the year. Uh, yeah, Raffle's been good lately. Raffle's been pretty good since he came back from injury. Um, but obviously, y- you play him with Sean Couturier. There's a reason everybody who's been put with Sean Couturier has produced this year. He's really good. Is Haig really that bad as a six? Remember AMAC? Yeah, and those were teams. Or those were bad teams. That's like, oh, well, AMAC, he's got to be better than him. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons the team sucked. Like, that's why we don't want him. Uh, but I do I think he could be at one point better than Andrew McDonald? Yes. Um, he does things differently. They're not even really that comparable of players, uh, other than the fact that they're just not all that good and they spend a ton of time in the defensive zone. I just think they play a little differently. Um, is Friedman better? Uh, I think Friedman's upside is better just because I trust Friedman to make a pass. If you can't pass, there's only so many opportunities for you on defense. The most important play in hockey is the breakout. Breaking out of your own zone. Haig doesn't help you with that. He's not good at it. It's the same. I'm a big Radko Gudis fan, but it's the same reason I never wanted Gudis out of the third pair, it's the reason I thought they had to make the move for Niskanen because if Myers is definitely your your third pair right D, you can't play Gudis top four minutes, so you have to get someone who can. That's why I kind of thought the Niskanen trade was a necessity. That's worked out pretty well, um, but I just don't trust Haig to make good decisions with the puck ever. Um, and that gets us to Phil Myers. It's not even decisions with the puck for Haig. It is his ability to do something positive with it. Even if he knew what to do, um, I don't know if he, you know, he just missed the pass and it, the play be coming back the other way. Um, is he fine as a six? Yeah, it depends on what your how good your top four really is. Um, but back to four, Phil Myers, man, he has been just lost lately. Um Lots of turnovers, just lots of blown coverages, lots of looking looking like he's lost out there. Ton of raw ability. Again, young players finding that consistency. That's the hardest part of being a good player in this league is being consistent. Um, and he's a young guy getting his first real opportunity, but he needs to step it up big time, especially with Braun and Ghost out. This is your chance. This is your chance 
take it. Don't you think shootout goals should count for player stats? I do. Um, it's just one of those things separating the shootout from like legitimacy. Um, I'm one of the few people who like shootouts. I think they're dramatic. I think it provides a guaranteed dramatic ending to a to a tie game. Um, I'd rather a shootout than a tie. That's me personally. I know most people don't like the shootout. I get it. It is different, but I don't know. It's kind of fun. I enjoy them. Uh, but I do think I don't. I, I think it would make sense to add goal. But then do you add the saves to save percentage and stuff? So I get why like, goalies won't want it counting against them. And if it doesn't count against the goalie, how does it count for the shooter? But I say, fuck all that. Make it count because suck it, goalies. You're not really even part of the game. You're just thieves of joy. That's all you are. Steve's a joy. I don't care about your feelings, goddamn goalies. It would actually probably help improve some save percentages, right? Eh, maybe not. Heard a rumor Flyers have interest in J.G. Pajot before the deadline. I'm sure they do. He's at like $3.9 million. I don't know how they free that up. Um, maybe they can. I can't understand why a bad team would want Shane Goss to spare, so that's the... Um, that's I don't know how they make the pieces fit for that type of trade. Also, where'd you hear the rumor? Like, was it my NHL rumors? Like, I'm sure they do have interest in a good player on a bad team. Everyone in the league who's in playoff position probably has interest in a good player on a bad team. Um, I don't know how serious to take any rumor until, until McKenzie or Elliot Friedman confirm something. I just assume it's completely made up for clicks. The white jerseys don't fit right. They're clearly not comfortable in them. Yeah, that's true, because um, yeah, even, you know, they're in Prague, but it was designated a home game, so they wore their home jerseys and won. So there might be something to that. Maybe there's, like, some sort of a reaction to the, the uh, detergent. I don't know. We have three head coaches. Why not a fourth? Yeah, listen, I'm not against it i'm just like i don't know like what role do you create to get peter lava is he on the bench during games like i i don't see it i I just don't see a fit if they want to bring him in if he wants to come in awesome i just if i was him i'd be collecting my paycheck sitting at home rooting against the predators that's what i'd be doing all right let's get a few more into this one Friedman played one game. Now everyone wants him over Ghost. What happens when he starts fucking up? Then we move on to the next LMFAO. Uh, yeah, I mean he's played what? This is third game now. What's what's he played? I haven't even. Where are we at with with Friedman? Game maybe four in his career. Where are you, Mark? There you go. Nice assist though. This was game. This was game three. Are they counting the last one? Yeah, so this was game four of his entire career. Yeah, I, I, listen, that's I'm not, I'm not one of the people ready. If you move on from Ghost, it's because you've determined you can make the team better, not because we're better without him. Because you need bodies at some point. Like the dude knows how to play in the freaking NHL, and we're losing defense. We're losing players left and right. Like you can't just be better by losing a guy. You have to be able to get something for him. And I don't know how they make that work right. Hey, what up, Pat? How's it going? All right, I'm going to scroll down, get a few more comments, and we will call it a night, fam. Uh, last week was the first podcast. Listen, you got another follower, my guy. Thank you, Eric. Welcome to the family. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. You know what we're going to do right now? 
is take a look ahead because I just looked at the time and we're 49 minutes in and I have not done any of the plugs yet. So we're going to take a look ahead at to what is next. Uh, what is next for the Flyers? It doesn't get any easier. You know, uh, Carolina, Washington, Tampa, Boston. All right, what's next? The St. Louis Blues are next and they have to go to the home of the defending Stanley Cup champions. This is their uh, only remaining road game for the rest. Oh, no, that's not true. They have another road game. This is their last road game before the All-Star break is what I'll say. Uh, it is an 8 o'clock puck drop in St. Louis on Wednesday, January 15th. And if you were looking for somewhere to watch that game against the Blues, Blues Flyers, this is a good one, Craig Berube, Braden Shen, if you're looking for somewhere to watch this showdown, May I suggest to you Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern? That's right, Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern right there in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It is by far my favorite bar at the entire Jersey Shore. And really, it's one of my favorite bars on the planet to watch any game, but a hockey game especially, because Timmy Fitz, the owner, is a huge hockey fan. And he's always there making sure that beer is cold and that food is hot. And damn it, I also had a beer... Uh, this whole time, I had a beer behind my laptop, completely forgot about it. This is how jazzed up I am about this game. I forgot about my beer. I forgot about my reeds. They came from behind to beat the Bruins in a shootout. Brad Marchand embarrassed himself. Man, the only thing that could be better than this is the memories you'll make at Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest. Uh, tons of good food. Uh, I've been told by listeners the French fry salad is something I need to plug. I have yet to taste it, but it sounds awesome because I don't want a salad, but I do want French fries. So that seems like a good way to uh, get that description into my food. I always get the roast pork whenever I'm there. It's a delicious sandwich. Try that roast pork sandwich. The beer selection is excellent. Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern, awesome place to watch a hockey game or any game. Go check it out. I cannot put them over enough. Oh, man. I was like, why is my mouth so dry? Oh, because I haven't had any of that delicious freaking beer. All right. A few more comments and we'll wrap it up, guys. Man, I can't believe I got to hear and didn't and only did one read. That's funny. I'd say JVR is more tradable than Jake. Um, I don't know about that. Um, I don't know about that because who's playing better? There is, it's shorter. Or maybe they have the same amount of years at this point. I'm, I'm not, I don't know about the years on the deals. Uh, what they have left comparatively. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But obviously, um, Jake makes a little bit less money. So you'd think, all right, teams can't absorb the eight-plus million, but maybe seven, they could figure out a way to finagle that. But isn't Jake just better than JVR? I, I don't think either of them are particularly tradable. I think both would be very uh, hard to pull off. But I don't know. I'd rather spend the extra $1.2 million or whatever it is and just have the better player if I was an opposing GM. Uh, I don't think either are tradable, really, at this point. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think teams was, would, would want JVR as much as Jake. All right. We've got a few more. Uh, since I live in Rochester, New York, and on call for the fire department, thank God we have NHL center ice. Oh, yeah, good job, man. I'm glad you are able to see the game. That was a good one. Oh, from Vancouver. Way to go. Jake has, uh, Jake has five JVRs at four. Okay. Um, yeah, that's – I'd rather spend the money and get the better player um, for, for Jake. Again, I don't think either are all that tradable, but – 
Jake's just better. So I, I would think it wouldn't be as hard. Um, I guess the idea, one thing I'll say is you retain a little of JVRs and you're just hoping to get as much cap clearance as possible and you're not worried about a return as much. Your return is the cap clearance. And with Jake, you'd really want a good return because uh, he is the better player. So I guess maybe that would make it a little easier to trade JVR because um, you're not looking for as much back, perhaps. Uh, but I, I don't know. Yeah, Jake is – I know Jake is without a doubt better than JVR. All right, guys, we are going to wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Thanks for coming by. I will be back after Wednesday's game uh, talking – about hopefully a big win on the road in St. Louis to end the road woes. Uh, Thanks. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Just go to wherever there are podcasts. Search Broad Street Hockey. Hit subscribe. Boom, you're done. That's it. You'll get these post games delivered to you the morning after every game, not to mention our flagship show, BSH Radio. You'll get checking out the competition when Kelly talks to a reporter from the opponent of that night's game, so you get a little game preview there. Of course, you'll get every episode of Fly Purbly. You'll get the wrap-up. You'll get the previews, all the stuff we do. Just search Broad Street Hockey. Hit that subscribe button. All right, that's all the time we have. Thanks. Uh, My name is Bill Matz. Until next time. Have a great week, everybody.